Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Flora Chang. The proprietor of Nine Sons Winery in the Napa Valley. Flora, I am so excited to be here with you here at Nine Sons. It is a spectacular property, amazing wines, and you are just the most lovely woman. So thank you for inviting me here today. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to have you here, to finally have you here. (laughs) I know it's quite a while in planning, and so I am just so excited to be here with you. Well, thank you. Let's dive right in. Sure. Let's let's share with our audience everything Flora Chang. Ready? Ready. (laughs) So you are a pharmacist. That was your first profession. Yes, that was my first profession. That's what I did originally. And I like to joke that I've traded in one drug for another. And this one people actually want. So a little bit of a departure from what I used to do. But in many ways, wine has a lot of connective tissue with pharmacy. A lot of the chemistry is the same. And so it wasn't that unfamiliar to transition from being a pharmacist into the world of wine for me. Well, we have to talk how that transition happened because not too many people do that, right? Not too many people are a doctor or a pharmacist and and end up in the middle of, of the Napa Valley with a spectacular winery like this. So please explain. Well, indeed. And this was certainly not part of the plan when I was in pharmacy school or working as a pharmacist. You mean that wasn't a plan to meet a, <laughs> a, a spectacular man, get married, and have his family build a winery? Um, I wish I could say I had that kind of foresight. <laughs> but no, that was not part of the plan. Um, I uh, met a boy, as a lot of these stories go, and we were both working in New York City doing our respective things, Uh, and at the time I was a pharmacist at a cancer hospital in New York, and in 2010 his family decided that they were going to purchase a piece of property in the Napa Valley, and he and I came out right at the outset, and we're here to build the brand and the vineyard and the Nine Sons facility that you got to tour through today. It is perched perfectly on Pritchard Hill. Let's talk about the name first. Okay. Why Nine Sons? Definitely memorable, but very intriguing. And full disclosure, at the time of purchase, I can't say that we were familiarized enough with what Pritchard Hill was. And at the time of purchase, we bought an existing vineyard that was selling fruit to other producers in the valley. But once we realized sort of where we were and the potential of this place, uh, we got the bug to build our own project. And to build it, the brand based on... um, a mythological tale related to my husband's heritage. So my husband is half Chinese, 
And this is my very abridged version of the story, uh, but the Nine Sons tale goes that many, many, many years ago, the natural order of the earth were that there were ten suns in the sky that would take turns rising and falling every day. And one day, all of these ten suns decided to ascend the sky at the same time. And as they ascended simultaneously, of course, the effects on the earth were devastating. Crops were dying. Things were burning. And so in desperation, the emperor of China summoned an archer by the name of Ho Yi to shoot down nine of the suns, leaving just the one sun that we have in the sky today, restoring balance and vibrancy and life to the earth. And so we, um, we like to say that Nine Suns is a story of balance. And so for us, that really permeates every element of the brand. Quite obviously, in the wines, we want it to be very balanced. But in truly every element of design, so the way in which our packaging, our labels, our facility, um, the storytelling aspect, we're really trying to permeate this story about the restoration of balance on earth through all elements of the nine sons brand that being said i know that was supposed to be a very abridged version and it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> well it was a great story though and it explained it perfectly this truly is a family business your husband's family and you built everything here you've got this fantastic facility that was partially designed by your sister-in-law. Yes, my sister-in-law, Amy. She's an architect in New York. And she largely led the aesthetic vision for the space. Um, So we did work with a local architect who was familiarized with practical elements of wineries, as well as certainly had involvement in the design. Um, But having an architect with a very distinct style and what I think very good taste, (laughs) is certainly a a very valuable asset to have in your family. And I'm incredibly proud of the way it turned out. Well, and everything is so well thought out. I mean, there's wow factors everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So you just have to come and check out all the wow factors. You've got 40 acres here. There's 20... 21 and a half or so are planted. Okay. Yes. And it's they're pretty much planted to Bordeaux varietals, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah, so we have almost, you know, Cab is king on Pritchard Hill, as in uh, some mm-hmm. of the other areas. So primarily Cab. We do have some Petit Verdot, Cabernet Franc, and Malbec on the property. And we do have one block of Grenache. We do do a very tiny Grenache run. So that is the other um, non-Bordeaux varietal we have on property. Okay. Let's talk about what is your role here? What are you in charge of? Uh, Well, I joke on, on occasion, I'm sort of the cheap operations officer and on other days I'm the janitor so you know it's a small family business you really wear many hats and depending on the day you do what needs to get done it's very much like a startup environment that's how I like to analogize it Um, day-to-day sort of boots on the ground Jason and I Jason's my husband I think people listening may already know that (laughs) but uh, we truly share in all of the responsibilities here on the property and so it ranges from sort of the higher level 30,000 foot view strategy for the place down to actually seeing all the folks here, actually running all of the operations and getting 
quite literally from buying to bottle to the end consumer. So we really have both visibility and touch points and oversight into that entire transition. So basically the answer to that is everything. (laughs) (laughs) Along the way, since you got involved in this wine business, did you ever pinch yourself and think, wow, I can't believe we're doing this? Oh, yes. I don't think anybody thinks, like I said, that this is in the cards. And then when you stop and reflect on the turns that life has taken, and in some ways my life has taken incredible turns as a result of coming here as well. Um, I certainly pinch myself. This has been, this has expanded my horizons in ways that I would have never considered when I was going down a very singular career path which in some ways can be myopic. You focus on medicine, that's what you do, and you become a specialist in what you do. And being here and standing at the crossroads of what I consider to be very many industries, because you're in agriculture, you're in some ways in manufacturing, in sales, in logistics and operations, has expanded my horizons in ways that I would have never anticipated for myself. Do you miss medicine? You know, it's funny, for a while, I actually helped out at a pharmacy here locally, which I believe has since closed. Um, I and another vintner were, I think, the only two licensed pharmacists in town. And when this pharmacy, which had been around since the 1850s, was in need of a pharmacist to help out, she or I would come and help out. Um, So I did have a little bit of a foot in the pharmacy door um, up until, actually pre-COVID. So right before COVID, that's when that wrapped up. And of course, it wasn't in any way a full-time thing. It was just on occasion. Uh, But I never really left it until COVID hit. You're this premium product here at Nine Sons. You only make 500 precious cases. How many different wines? Uh, So we make our flagship, which is a red wine blend, primarily Cab, but it is really a Bordeaux blend. We make 100% Cab, we make a Grenache, and we make a Sauvignon Blanc, which, as I was mentioning too, sadly I don't have any uh, on the heels of fires in 2020, but I am thrilled to report that in 2021 we've already brought in the fruit, so there will be a forthcoming Sauvignon Blanc vintage. So when somebody comes here, how do they find you? You know, here, a lot of it is word of mouth Mm -hmm. or folks that we've just connected with and hosted. Um, I'd been mentioning, too, that one of the fringe benefits that Jason and I had never considered when this project first got started was all the wonderful people that we would meet. Truly, some of my best friends have come from this place. Our son's godparents have come as a result of of sitting down and tasting wine with people right here in this very tasting room. And so those people we build connections with and they become friends and then they want to tell their friends. So it's largely been word of mouth or just relationships around the Valley that we've made. Because one of the unique things it's is that you or Jason are the ones that are hosting people that come to the property. Yes, it is us. Um, Actually, funny story, one of one of the pivotal changes in my life also came on the heels of 
sitting down with somebody just like I'm sitting down with you. Um, I had been considering going to business school at some point. My husband already had a business degree, and I was noodling on it for a while. And then two folks came up who had recently graduated from a business program, and I on an offhand comment just mentioned that I was considering doing this and they had just graduated and so I connected with them after they had left the tasting and we built a fabulous relationship and on the heels of hearing about their business school experience I ended up applying to the very same school and going there not long after that so uh, some of the most crucial inflection points in my life like furthering my career and furthering my education have been a direct result of just sitting down with people here in the tasting room that's awesome what have you found to be the most challenging part of building this new business You know, if you had asked me in 2013 or 14, I would have said that building something of this size is like birthing an elephant in some (laughs) ways. Um, But my answer has certainly evolved on the heels of what we've noticed with climate change and naturally the effects of COVID. I think there's a lot of changes taking place that for better or for worse, are impacting the wine business. And so it's really shifted from um, self-centered or myopic view of the challenges uh, to those that are sort of forced upon us externally. So those are the ones that sort of weigh heavy on my mind at this point, more so than maybe some internal strategic decisions that we need to make that we can resolve as a family through brainstorming sessions. Has someone in the community helped mentor you or your family along the way to help you be successful? Oh, for sure. And I know um, my husband for sure could speak to this, but one of the benefits of us continuing to sell fruits, so once we took over this property, it was... um, primarily used for selling fruit to other producers, and we've actually continued to do so and built very wonderful relationships with the folks to whom we sell fruit. And a lot of those partnerships have been not just buyer fruit and seller fruit relationships, but rather relationships that have become mentorship relationships because the folks have been in the Valley longer than we have. Top moment of your career so far, whether it's medical or wine-related... Oh, that's a tough one. I have to say, just being here and having developed this brand and being able to run it, it's not a singular moment in time that I can really pinpoint. It's just all of this truly has been... Accomplishing this. Yes, accomplishing this and successfully running a business with my husband. I think for many people, there are inherent challenges in being business partners, essentially, with your husband. And for us, this has been an incredible partnership. Yes, you guys have done something that not many are able to do. So that says a lot about your relationship, for sure. So what's ahead for Nine Sons? Is there something that you can share? Um, Well, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. I think we have some exciting wines on the horizon, which... uh, (laughs) We'll, we'll share once, once they're forthcoming. Uh, but for us, I think it's, one, adapting to the changing realities in climate and in the valley in general. Um, and two, it is forging ahead with evolving the brand. And for us, really, and I'd mentioned this to you earlier, experience for us 
is everything. It's why we built the brand the way we had. So evolving the experience of folks coming here, and hopefully more so as COVID winds down, crossing our fingers, um, is really what's on the horizon for us. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Let's shift now to your personal life. Okay. You have two homes in the Bay Area. Well, one in the Bay and one up here. <laughs> well, North Bay, East Bay. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your decorating style. If we walked into your home, what would we see? Well, one thing is I love contemporary styling, but not sterile or cold feeling. So whereas sometimes contemporary can have a lot of neutrals and grays, I actually like to lighten it up by having a contemporary aesthetic that's married with vibrant colors and a very warm, inviting feeling. So whether that's achieved through wall decoration, whether that's art or unique tapestries on the wall, or through textures that are on various furnitures, for me it is creating a dynamic, warm, and inviting feeling while still still keeping it very contemporary. Okay, so warrants the question, what's the dominant color in your home? Or dominant homes? Col- uh, <laughs> dominant color in, ironically, after I said that, the dominant color in my home in the East Bay is gray with many pops of color all around. <laughs> um, and then as you see here, the dominant color here is all colors. We really did not focus on a singular color here, uh, but really the marriage of many colors sort of signaling this vibrancy and, and life on earth. When you kick back and relax. I'm know, not sure I know how to do that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that you have a three-year-old and you are running this business with your husband, what do you do? <laughs> I do a couple of things. I have wide-ranging interests. I have a lot of hobbies. But what um, do you do to relax? To relax, where, where do you I go? read. Uh-huh. I read. I am a book lover, a bibliophile, a voracious reader. So what are you reading right now? I am reading The Overstory, Ooh. which What's is that about? a fabulous book. And you could not imagine how beautifully this author writes about trees everything about trees it's a pulitzer prize winning book and about trees about tree the life of trees and the humans who live among trees Uh, which is very apropos considering where where i work and (laughs) and live um but that is one book that i'm currently reading um i do simultaneously i have a bad habit of reading too many things at the same time Um, The other book that I'm reading is Algorithms to Live By. So it's by computer scientists who take the algorithms that dominate the computer science world and apply them toward how we operate as humans in the world. So it's two very different (laughs) genres of books. Um, But those are the two things that I'm reading right now. It doesn't sound like light reading to me. (laughs) (laughs) No, not romance novels. not, Not at this stage. Not right now. Oh, my goodness. Would you consider that a hobby? 
Yes, very much. It's because that's what I pick up if I have a free moment. That's, okay. That's what I do. I don't, I guess do working co- out is the other hobby. I love working out, so I okay. like to move and do that. So it's two very different, two very different things I do. <laughs> All right. Is there something that you can tell us that people might be surprised to learn about you? Something that you did as a child? Do you rappel down mountains? Do you skydive? Oh, I wish know. I was Something that exciting. Crazy. <laughs> Something crazy or unusual. Um, I wish I were that exciting, actually. Um, oh, you are. I <laughs> you are. Uh, one thing that I recently did that I was very proud of um, on the heels of actually getting away during the fires here, I decided to marry my love of reading and the written word with my love of bread. And a very dear friend of and I wrote a story for the San Francisco Chronicle about bread in the Bay Area and sort of this, the renaissance of bread over COVID and the effects afterwards. So um, I can now put that feather in my cap and that was surprising even for me because I didn't know that I was going to do something like that until I did it. So you wrote about it and they ran it? Yes, they ran wow. it. It was, uh, we actually were the cover story for the food section. Oh, so that's exciting. <laughs> it was very exciting. Yeah. So does that mean you baked a lot of bread? Too? Um, I ate a lot of bread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much of- better at eating than baking. <laughs> Do you like a specific kind of bread? Oh, I'm an equal opportunity consumer. <laughs> I like it all. Okay. When you go on vacation... You go on vacation, don't you? It depends where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about this? Where did you go on your last vacation? We went to New Mexico in a very remote part, and we stayed at Vermejo, which is a Ted Turner ranch. And this home that we stayed in reminded me of the Clue House. So it had all of the rooms and locations that uh, the game of Clue has. And I was very tempted to figure out whether or not the murder was committed by the butler with a candlestick while I was there. Did your husband find this place? Um, this one was actually my father-in-law who found this one. Um, it was a departure from the usual kinds of vacations we take. Uh, but it was perfect for COVID travel because it was so remote and it was perfect for traveling with a little guy who may not have the stamina to walk around a big city and go on tours of museums Mm -hmm. like I would have normally done. Well, that sounds fascinating for sure and very intriguing. Is there a memorable trip that you can tell us about Uh, or not a memorable, but a meaningful trip? I feel like uh, I've had a number of those for sure. Uh, one place that we've come back to on numerous occasions is Burgundy. We maybe are believers that all roads lead to Burgundy at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for us as Francophiles and lovers of Burgundian wine, uh, we did go back there on numerous occasions. And in fact, we, we take a barge tour, which is basically a small boat that just goes down the canal. And it goes so slowly that you can quite literally hop out of the boat and walk or ride a bike and then hop right back in when the there's a lock on which you can do so. Um, but just the food, the wine, being with family, I don't think it gets any more perfect than that. We're in wine country. What do you like to drink at home? And it doesn't have to be wine. 
coffee. (laughs) (laughs) To stay awake? (laughs) Uh, To stay awake. And I genuinely love coffee. Mm -hmm. I joke that my actual dream, unrealistic dream, is to open a bookstore that that serves artisanal coffees in the morning and fine wines in the afternoons. Mm. This is like my dream business. And then people just come in and read books, which is probably not a great business plan. But then just sit there, read books, and enjoy coffee and wine. <laughs> that's actually what I envision as, like, the perfect place to be. Maybe that's a good retirement job. Yes, indeed. Maybe that's what's in my horizon. Who knows? When you do kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to listen to? I am an old soul. Uh, I do have eclectic music taste, but if I'm kicking back and relaxing, I love some Jim Croce, some Bob Dylan. I love folk music. It just puts me in a good mood, um, not like as amped up, maybe on, maybe because I'm drinking too much coffee throughout the day. <laughs> uh, but that's really the perfect antidote for me. If you didn't live here, where would you live? New York City. I'm a New York City girl, born and bred. I love New York City. Basically everything about it, the vibrancy, the culture, the food, the people, the pace. I love it. So I think Jason pulled me out of New York and I'm extremely grateful for that. But if I weren't here, I I think that's where I would be. Do you get a chance to go back frequently? We used to all the time, but of course with COVID, we really haven't been back. I'm really hoping we get to go back this year and my parents get to see our little guy. When was the last time they saw him? 2019. Oh, like like probably right after he was born. Yep. He was just a few months old. So we, you know, modern technology makes it feel like we're a little closer than Mm -hmm. we would have been otherwise. But they haven't gotten to see him in person and play with him and pick him up. And he's much heavier now than he was when <laughs> they last saw him. So I think they're in for a surprise if we do make it out there. Favorite spots in New York City? Oh, I'm sure this has changed since I've been there. Um, the Strand Bookstore. That should not be surprising given my interest in books. books right. <laughs> um, and more recently, and this is not having been there in a while... I love Carbone, the restaurant there. It just feels like New York City when I'm there. And so that's probably the two places I'd hit first if and when I get back there. When, when, when you get back. Yeah, when I get back. I I think something is in the cards for Thanksgiving-ish. So Mm. I'm crossing my fingers and my toes, and I'm really hoping to get back there very soon. Super. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions. You ready? I hope so. What kind of car do you drive? Tesla. Okay. Who's one of your favorite fashion designers? Oh, I'm terrible at this. I live under a rock. (laughs) (laughs) I just buy what I like. Can you give me uh, examples and I'll pick one? (laughs) I'm the worst. I am the worst at this. Okay, I'll give you another question. Okay, uh, now think about designers. Like, I know them once I think about them, but I can't think of one offhand okay well (laughs) sorry this is the worst what's your favorite flower Mm, a rose who's one of your favorite actors Hugh Jackman I love a song and dance man I feel like he's so versatile he's pretty cool and like you said very versatile what's your favorite holiday Thanksgiving 
And because I'm letting you off the hook on the designer one, I'll ask you what's in your nightstand? As expected, <laughs> a but. pile of books. <laughs> what else? What else? Oh gosh, there's. I'm trying to think if there's anything else there. I think just a pile of books. <laughs> that's all that's there. <laughs> okay, Flora, you are so lovely. Well, thank you. So much fun to hang out with you today. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you coming here and spending the afternoon with me. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.